And who doesn't love all things Christmas? You know, this is the magical time of year, isn't it? Um, can be hard for single mums, but also can be lots of opportunities where it's just pure joy and magic. Welcome to Strong as a Queen, where we discuss all things single mum related. And obviously, we're just a couple of days away from Christmas. So, ho, 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 here we go. Uh, what kinds of things do you like to do with your family over Christmas? We, when the kids were small, always had a few um, traditions that we would do. So the big one was always going to the pantomime in the UK. We no longer live in the UK, um, but when we were there, we every single year we would go to the panto and we'd buy the um, light-up things that you get that to ever last very long um, but you'd sit there in the crowd and um, you know with your popcorn and your chocolates and your, and your drinks and you'd be shouting he's behind you and the boos and the claps and the applause and the singing and I always loved the um, 12 Days of Christmas song the ones that the panto um, rejigged the words to uh, and you know running up and down the stage throwing chickens and all kinds of stuff obviously not real chickens for anyone who's never been to a pantomime in the UK you know rubber chickens um great fun great fun we used to love the pantomime so that was one of the things that we did um another one is we'd always go to the cathedral every year and um we'd light candles for those who aren't with us anymore and we'd raise little messages and hang them up on a tree and say a prayer uh, very magical places the cathedrals aren't they um if you if you don't go i would highly recommend um very very nice especially at christmas time um you feel much closer to god and those people who've passed before us um can be very nice bring us back down to earth and remind us what christmas is actually all about But obviously the kids, um, well, they really look forward to getting the gifts, don't they? But I always remember that my kids were absolutely terrified of the thought of this strange man coming into the house in the middle of the night and leaving gifts. And when you think about it, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Because you tell them, you know, to be wary of strangers. And then one night of the year, you're like, oh, yeah, we'll just let this strange man come on in and, and he's going to leave you some gifts and then he's going to go. And they were absolutely terrified. So we used to do this thing where I'd say, well, what Father Christmas is going to do is he's going to stand outside our house and he's going to magic the presents in. He's not actually going to come into ours. He's just going to magic the presents in. Um. They weren't always convinced that that was a good thing. So I'd have a backup plan where I'd say, well, he's going to leave them in the garden and then I'll get up in the morning and then I'll bring them in. And they were usually okay with that, that <coughs> maybe a bit worried in case it rains and stuff, but they were okay with the thought of mum bringing the gifts in and then no man would be coming into the house. Um, which I suppose I take as that was a good parenting um, thing that I did. The best, the best Christmas um, gift that I got them one year was this um, little cubby house, little wooden shed house in the garden um, that was, you know, bigger than bigger than a small shed, but it was set up as a house, windows, a little 
um, balcony outside that you could sit on and um, roof and beautiful little wooden um, hut, bigger than a playhouse, um, but not enormous, you know, not enormous at all. <laughs> but this company delivered it and they put it in the... Oh, oh, the problems I had trying to get into the garden. I think the neighbours next door had to take their fence and panels out and then the guys carried it in and put it in and then put the fence and panels back. So it was a bit of a palaver actually getting it into the garden um, and I'd, I'd had part of the garden flagged especially for this playhouse to go on. Anyway, it's there a couple of days before Christmas and you've got to hide it, haven't you? So how, how do you hide Because I've got all windows and patio doors on the back of my house. So I came up with this ingenious idea. Can you think of what I came up with to hide a big wooden playhouse in the garden? What are you thinking, Caps on? I think, what did she do to hide that? So when the kids went in the kitchen, they couldn't see it. Any ideas? Did you generate any ideas of how I hid a big, massive... Well, Massive, you know, not enormous, but <clears throat> big enough playhouse in the garden. Well, this is what I did. I told the children that I'd had, I think, an email or a message or something from Father Christmas to say we had to be for Christmas Day. And so I put wrap paper over all the windows on the back of my house. So I had <clears throat> French doors in the living room. I had French doors in the kitchen and then windows in the kitchen as well. And they were all covered in Christmas wrapping paper, red wrapping paper. And then on Christmas morning, um, after we'd opened up the gifts in the house, we went into the kitchen and I said, oh, she had a message off Father Christmas. He said there's another gift in the garden um, and that we've got to take the paper off the windows to get to the gift. So the kids, I think they were only like three and four, something like that, started tearing off the paper um, to go into the garden to have a little look. And I'm saying, what could it be? What could it be? What's in the garden? Anyway, they started pulling the paper off and then they were like, I can see it. I can see it. It's a house. Father Christmas has got us a house. And they were absolutely delighted and they couldn't get the paper off the uh, the windows fast enough. And I don't think we actually got it all off. We just got the paper off enough so that we could open the doors and go out into the garden. And then the dog running around the garden like a lunatic and he's barking and he doesn't know what he's barking at. But he's made up and the kids are made up and then they're going into this wooden house. Um, that was magical. That was a really, really positive, good Christmas. I really enjoyed that, yeah. What are your favourite memories of Christmas with your kids? I mean, memories are lovely, aren't they? Especially of the nice ones. Um, but, you know, the elephant in the room is how do you, as a single parent, how do you divide Christmas? What do you do? How do you make sure that the kids see both parents? Do you make sure that the kids see both parents? So I'll go over three years, three things that I did. Um, you know, you've got to try, haven't you? You've got to try things that work for your family and you've got to decide. I've got a friend and um, her children go to the father after Christmas Day. They don't go on Christmas Day. And her reasoning is that she does, every, she does 
of the childcare. She does the school runs, the school pickups, she organises the after-school care, so when she's working and the kids have got somewhere to go. She does the birthday parties. She does everything. Um, Unfortunately for for my friends and for the kids, the dad's not actively involved. He can be if he wants to be. But he chooses not to be. So her reasoning over Christmas is that she does ninety nine percent. So she gets Christmas. That's you know, that's what she does. And I totally get that. I understand exactly where she's coming from because she does the hard slog all year. So you know, she doesn't want to give up by Christmas Day. Well, she doesn't have to because she does it all year round, and and that's you know, she chooses. <clears throat> For me, um, well, I now do 100% of the childcare because um, my children are with me all the time. But when they were little, when they were younger and the dad was a little bit involved and I'll, you know, emphasise on the little bit. And I tried to be fair and, and the very first year um, I invited dad over for Christmas to spend Christmas with us. He wasn't overly keen and he wanted to have kids with him at Christmas but similar to my friends you know I was doing the majority of you know the parenting and you know Christmas day was our first Christmas when really the kids were big enough to understand maybe I had one who was not yet one and my daughter would have been um two and a half two and a half yeah and um anyway you know old enough to understand that someone was coming and you don't want to miss out on those magical things and and obviously neither did dad and that's totally understandable but I didn't it didn't sit comfortable with me with my kids going off for the day on a very special day when they never went off on a day any other day um and so I invited him over for Christmas and um unfortunately he turned down that opportunity um but then at the 11th hour he changed his mind and he said that he, he would come. And, you know, in our household, like many households with small children, we're up from six o'clock in the morning, you know, um, and Christmas would be no exception. There'd be no sleeping in, especially if the kids know that there's gifts for them wrapped up downstairs. And so he was invited to come as early as he wanted, um, as early as six o'clock in the morning, should he wish. And he agreed and, and that was what we decided to do. Now, you know, you have plans, you make plans, but plans don't always work out as as, as they were planned. And when it came to Christmas morning, unfortunately, um, Dad didn't come at six o'clock in the morning and we waited a little bit. But, you know, you go downstairs to make breakfast and what have you. So we went downstairs and, you know, ultimately... If he's not there, he's not there, is he? Well, you know, what can you do? And um, so we went downstairs. <clears throat> the gifts are there. You know, I'm bearing in mind, uh, even at the early stage of um, becoming a single parent, Dad decided that he didn't want to contribute to gifts at home for the kids. So 
in my house, which was home because that's where the children were the majority of the time. All the gifts that were there had been bought by me or, you know, my side of the family. Um, and Dad had gifts in his house. So I didn't feel particularly bad going downstairs and opening the gifts because I'd pay for them all. So anyway, we went downstairs, the kids, they opened the gifts, we had breakfast... And then we didn't hear anything from Dad. And then we were due to go to uh, my parents to see the cousins at about, I think, lunchtime. And then Dad turned up at like 11 o'clock in the morning, Christmas morning. And he wasn't very happy. And he wasn't very happy because the kids had opened the presents. And, you know, they were like, oh, Father Christmas has been, Daddy. You know, Father Christmas has been. Um, And he was absolutely furious in some ways because the kids had opened the presents. Well, ultimately, we got up at six. It'd been, you know, we'd been invited from six. And so he made his choice. And I think for some parents who are co-parenting, you need to realise that when you make an agreement, you know, you stick to the agreement. And if you make the choice not to stick to that agreement, well, that doesn't mean the other parent has to, you know make alternative arrangements they can still go ahead with what was planned and that's what we did we went ahead with what was planned and the kids opened the presents so that was the first year and it you know it was a bit and I suppose you're learning aren't you you both learn and he thought we'd sit and wait for him till he you know he turned up and we didn't you know and I'm under no obligation to sit and, and wait for him and ultimately you know called him text him and he didn't respond, and then eventually when he turned up, like I say, after 11 o'clock in the morning, I mean, what kids are going to sit there till 11 o'clock in the morning? Uh, so six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, five hours late. You know, what kids are going to sit there for five hours waiting to open the presents or the other, you know, it's just mean, isn't it? You just, you don't do it. Or, you or you know, if you do do it, you don't expect the kids to sit there for five hours looking at presents that they're not opening because they're waiting for you to come. Um, so that was year one, not a good year. To be honest, really wasn't a good year. What did you do year one? You know, what what did you decide to do? It's it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to make a decision on how to do these Christmases, these big special occasions. But he was invited year one and it, it didn't work. And ultimately, you could put it down to human error, couldn't you? The, you know, he didn't come. So the second year, um, I think I was I think I was a positive person, and I tried to make things work well. And so I said, you know, last year didn't work. So what are we gonna do? So what do you think I did second year? How do you think I changed our Christmas? Okay, I'm trialing these little jingle bell sounds. Um, so I hope they don't annoy you, but you know, just to give you a second or two to have a little thought. So how did I change year two? Well, year two, I invited them to stay over. I had a spare room, a spare bed, and I said, rather than waiting for you to turn up on time at six o'clock in the morning, which by that time, God, we'd been separated, what, 18 months by year two. Um by that time, it was well and truly obvious that he was not good at timekeeping, okay? So when 
it came for him to come to pick the kids up and he was supposed to come at particular times. 18 months in, he was not good at timekeeping. So Christmas the year before, obviously, year one, he'd not turned up. He was five hours late. So caused a bit of friction, a few problems. So I tried to be proactive and say, right, you can sleep over. Now, that doesn't work for everybody. But I've been reading lots and lots of stories of of parents who've split up and lots of them do say that they invite the other parents to sleep over. A lot of people don't have a spare room, so the other parent sleeps on the couch. You know, and we all try, don't we? And, And that's the thing. That's the biggest thing that you can only try. And it might work. It might not work. It might be a temporary situation while there's no new partners. That's what I did second year. I said, come and sleep over. Spare bed, you can stay there. So second year, in the morning, kids are a bit more being our Father Christmas. Still don't like going to see him in the grotto. Still lots of tears and, you know, but they understand that they're going to get some gifts. So, you know, there's purpose and guns, isn't there? So second year, he's invited to sleep over. He sleeps over and we arrange and we agree that we're going to have Christmas Day in my house you know, as a, not even a blended family, just as a, as a family, co-parent and family, because there's no other partners. So we're having Christmas together. We're not together, but we're having Christmas together. We're going to do Christmas day in my house. At some point, my kids, I'm going to take them to my parents and they're going to see their grandparents and the cousins. And then we're going to come back and have Christmas dinner together. And then the agreement was then, um, I think we said Christmas night, we would leave and we would go to his house and then we'd have Boxing Day at his. Yeah, oh no, we got a Boxing Day. <clears throat> and we go to his on Boxing Day. And, um, and and then he, at some point, would take the kids to his parents on Boxing Day. You know, as a mirror image of what had happened on Christmas Day in mine. So we have Christmas Day, it's a beautiful day, we're all happy, I've made a roast, you know, as you do on Christmas. Um, kids have gone to the grandparents, they'd seen the cousins, they got gifts, we come home, we watch telly, we eat, we drink, it's lovely. It's really, really lovely. And then Boxing Day morning, we get up and we get ready to go to Dad's and we're all going together, um, you know, in unison and to have this day together. So how do you think Boxing Day went? Do you think Boxing Day was a successful year two as Christmas Day? Okay, let me put you out of your misery. Boxing Day wasn't as successful as Christmas Day. So here's what happens. We start to pack the carb things that, you know, we need to clothes and stuff for the kids and for me. And um, as we're ready to leave, Dad says, eh, "Oh, I haven't got any. I haven't got any food in." I said, "What do you mean you haven't got any food in?" He says, "I haven't got any food in." Um, I thought we'd go maybe for a curry. Now, year two, we've got three and a half year old and a one and a half year old, or one year old, and you're like, "Pardon." These kids have never eaten curry. Oh, I thought we'd go for an Indian. Have you booked an Indian? No, I thought we'd just go and find one. Mm-hmm. So on Boxing Day, 
you thought we'd just find a place to go and eat and you thought we'd go to an Indian when we've got two small children who've never eaten anything remotely spicy in their lives. So no, that's not going to work. Okay, so what do we do? So I said, well, I've still got food left over from Christmas Day because, you know, you always buy too much food, don't you? So we're just going to have to take the Christmas Day leftovers and we're going to have to take them to your house. So then it starts after piling all the clothes and stuff into the car. Then it starts piling um, food in because I'm going to get to his house and he's going to have nothing. Now, he didn't actually live close by. He'd moved and he lived, it was a good hour away in the car. <laughs> so, you know, I'm trying to stay positive, trying to keep the momentum going, trying not to get annoyed. But the biggest mistake I made, big mistake, was that we all went in one car and we went in his car and we went to his house and we get to his house and sure enough, he had no food, no food in the house. So I says, well, I'll get everything ready. And um, he said that he wanted to take the kids to his parents to because they had gifts for them. Now, his parents lived another hour away from where he lived. So I said, okay. So off he went and I said, and when he got back, you know, dinner would be ready, Boxing Day dinner, and we'd all eat together again. So off he goes and off the kids go and waving and they're all excited and they're going to see the nana and granddad and to have open even more presents and oh my goodness, how excited they were and off they go. And then a couple of hours later, I get a text message off him and his text message says, oh, my mum's made me and the kids a roast, so we're going to eat here today. And then it dawned on me. I suddenly realised that that was the plan all along. That's why Dad didn't have any food in his house on Boxing Day. Because ultimately, he'd never planned to eat there with me and the kids. His parents must have said, well, you're having Christmas Day with the kids in their house. And so Boxing Day, you guys come here and eat. And um, I clearly wasn't invited. But instead of telling me that I wasn't invited, or instead of telling his parents, you know, that he was having Boxing Day at his house with me and the kids, um, he obviously couldn't put his big boy pants on and tell them that. And so he just kind of went along with all the plans and never was honest. You know, there was there was a level of dishonesty there, <clears throat> both to me and to his parents where he couldn't just say, hey, this is what I've planned. We're going to have Christmas Day in the kids' house and we're going to have Christmas Day in my house and then, you know, I'll eat with you at another time. He couldn't do that. So he just kind of went along with everything and then obviously never bought any food because he never planned to eat at his house on Boxing Day. So here I am, Boxing Day, sat in my ex-partner's house, empty house, um, just me and the dog, eating my own Christmas Day leftovers. So uh, Christmas Day 2, or sorry, Year 2, um, our Christmas plans were a big fat fail too. 
And so after that, well, I just decided that, you know, it wasn't going to happen again. And so I made the choice from year three onwards that I would have Christmas Day with the kids without inviting dad. And then he could come and collect them on Boxing Day and he could have them for, you know, a couple of days from Boxing Day onwards. Um, And of course, by the time I got to the third year of us being separated, or the third Christmas um, of us being separated, um, well, you're either you're either getting on or you're not, aren't you? By by three years, uh, you know. And I think by my responses to the Christmas, inviting them over for the first year, second year, having you know an equal split and and sharing the two days together, that showed that I was trying. You know, that would be my argument. That would be my proof to show that I was trying. And um, in two years running where he's totally not gone along with what we've planned and agreed, it shows his commitment. Anyway, year three, he's due to come and pick them up. Um, We agree on a time. And like I've said, from year one, his timekeeping's not very good. So... And that's what happened. He was supposed to come and collect them at a particular time. I think as early as nine o'clock in the morning on Boxing Day. So, you know, he, he doesn't feel like he's missing out and they're up early and then they get ready and then they go to Dad's early and they've, you know, they've got the whole of Boxing Day, open presents, have all those nice memorable moments. And yet he didn't come on time because his timekeeping's pretty bad. And so... um. I think he turned up at like one o'clock in the afternoon and it would be my suggestion that, you know, he enjoyed Christmas Day a little bit too much and, and and that's why he was late. But it could just be that he went to bed late and he didn't get up till late and, you know, and despite all the um, mobile phones and technology and he was unable to set an alarm and he was unable to prioritise prioritise his children and so um, Christmas 1 fail, Christmas 2 fail and you know you could even go as far as say Christmas 3 fail because he didn't turn up on time for them and then it just causes resentment, frustration angst you know people are upset, people are unhappy and that's not what Christmas is about, it's supposed to be nice and, and yeah our Christmases come Christmas three, you know, it was the slamming of car doors and it was a silent treatment and it was, uh, there was a lot of anger. And, you know, instead of turning up or phone saying, oh my God, I've slept in, I'm so sorry. Um, there was none of that. There was just this feeling of superiority that, you know, he should have his Christmas period the way that he wants and, and that the kids should fit around him. Um, and so, you know, Christmas can be really frustrating for single parents out there. And hats off to you if you're these parents who can uh, work it together and work out how how it goes. Um, a little update from me. How do you think my Christmases are these days? So for the avid listener, you'll have heard me say that I now do 100% of uh, the childcare, which also means that I do 100% of Christmases. 
So unfortunately for us, things didn't work out, you know, and ultimately Christmas Day is just another day. So if you can't work things out on the other 364 days of the year, then you're never going to work things out, are you? And in our scenario, um, Dad decided at some point that he wasn't going to have contact with the kids anymore. And ultimately that then includes Christmas because you're not going to not see your dad all year and then just go and see him on Christmas Day. Um, And so Christmas, whilst it is a really hard holiday for co-parents, separated parents, single parents to organise, ultimately it is just one day of the year and you've got to get all them other days right. You've got to get all that other contact right because if you can't get the normal mundane everyday days right then you're certainly not going to get Christmas right so from one single mum to you all out there um, you know we do what works for us now we have our Christmas we have our traditions we don't have traditions that we had when the kids were small but we have our Christmas Eve new pyjamas or t-shirts as we have um, where we you know, we have a little Christmas Eve box and, and we put our tree up on a certain date and, and we have. And it's hard. It is hard. It's really hard. It was hard when they were small. It's harder now when they're bigger. Or it's just as hard, I should say. Um, You know, I'm financially responsible. There's no Santa anymore. Um, There's just me. There's just mum. And and my parents, who will buy the kids the the gifts, they don't get anything from the dad or from his family anymore. And, you know, that's a whole other podcast. But, you know, Christmas is a time for recognising that family is important. And there's just us. And we don't dwell on them anymore. We don't dwell on what we don't have we appreciate what we do have and we make the most of it and we still have magical Christmases and I don't have to pour wrapping paper all over the windows anymore to make sure that the the wind you know the kids can't see Santa delivering the gifts. I don't do that anymore. But my God, I have to hide the presents because these kids know where the presents are and they go looking every year. Um a tip that I've been given this year after uh, you know, fail of hiding the presents is before I hide them, wrap them up so that either they can't see them or when they do find them, they're already wrapped. So that's something for next year. But mamas, just keep on going. Keep doing what you're doing. Prioritise your kids. And I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas.